Welcome to Geek Out Weekly, the podcast where we geek out not so strongly on a roughly seven-day basis. I need to mute my laptop, which is watching, because I've just started to hear me, and now I know how long the lag time is. Uh, I'm your host, Adil. Um, Classy as ever, smooth transitions and intros, uh, and I'm joined uh, by Ben. Hey. Uh, How are you doing, Ben? Uh, Good, mate. Good, thank you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we've both joined the Legion of the One Jabbers, Mm -hmm. uh, and you're here to listen to us jabber away. Nice, excellent. About Love, Death and Robots, Volume 2. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which I feel now we've had the jab is everyone's life, right? Yeah. I mean, whether it was a chip or whatever was put into us, we're now part robot. So Yeah, we've got the 5G chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, we no longer have to fear death. Oh, oh, that was a good... Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, but we can no longer love again. Oh. Saws, Kim and Evelyn. <laughs> <laughs> oh well they'll survive <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh no but seriously um so uh i had not seen volume one um uh-huh. until more recently because we were going to talk about volume two and it, it was just had missed my radar and i'm so happy you you brought this up as hey this is coming out we should do it because then i got to watch both series mm. i really enjoyed volume one and i also enjoyed volume two okay interesting uh, <laughs> Uh, how about you? So you you haven't seen Volume One in a while, right? You didn't do any rewatch. Did I you? didn't do a rewatch. No, I watched Volume One okay. when it came out. Um, it was uh, something that kind of just appeared. I, I seem to remember maybe a week or maybe two before it actually released. It, it was sort of revealed, and people started talking about it. And then when it came out, because it's quite a short run thing, you know, I think uh, Volume One's about eighteen, 10 to 15, 15 eighteen, yeah. ten to twenty minute episodes. Um, so a little bit longer, and people were kind of popping into the conversation saying, hey, this I like this one, and I like this one, and, and the conversation around that first season uh, lasted a little bit of time, but obviously with it being Netflix and releasing it all at the same time, after a couple of weeks it kind of went out of everyone's conversation, uh, and I just have never returned to it. Uh, with Volume 2 coming out, I haven't really seen much chat about it it kind of just i don't think it was even a week or two before it popped up suddenly it was hey this is out like tomorrow I'm like oh cool mm. oh brilliant great I'll, I'll, I'll jump straight in having enjoyed a lot of what sort of uh season or volume one they call them volumes now don't they so uh, what volume one um did and just thought yeah great uh, i'm yeah. right up for this little disappointed that it's only eight, eight. episodes yeah. now and that they're probably they're much closer to 13 15 minutes on average like i think there's one 18 minute one a couple 18 minute ones but mostly it's like 13 14 and and a couple couple sub 10 minutes and some of that will also include um credits yeah so the runtime of the story itself is sort of significantly probably on average more like 10 minutes i would think something like that which okay it's fine they're nice little sort of vignettes uh nice little kind of they're almost sort of novella length yeah well, so they're short with, with right? regards they are shorts yeah it's kind of yeah. the novella to a novel kind of thing to um you know something uh, a lot bigger but how did you how did you feel about yeah. the, the you, you kind of mentioned or alluded to at least that you really enjoyed yeah, so the first but, season and then maybe not as much the second season um uh, is, is that i mean why 
Uh, yeah, so a couple <laughs> things. One, uh, we didn't actually say, so if you haven't seen this, it's a, it's an anthology sci-fi horror-ish mm. um, series where the main themes are love, death, robots. Like we said, they're these 10 to 20-minute shorts, depending on, like, volume one, volume two. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, yeah, ostensibly we'll deal with one or more of those topics. Um, I really liked the variety in volume one, yeah. and I realized that part of why I felt less good of volume two was just because it was eight so there was just like most of them throughout both volumes are like pretty like solid sci-fi stuff about ai etc like um you know what technology might do to your life um or you know what happens when a robot goes a, a, you know awry or something like that um, but there's also these random other ones and it, with the 18 episode count that just felt like there were so many more random other ones. Yeah, like there's yeah. the, the, and like the ones that the thing is on both series, the ones I really like are the ones that are doing this heavier sci-fi tropes. That's kind of, I see why that that's the case, but like even, um, the second to last one in volume one was alternate histories. And it was this really cutesy, animation style about all the ways people want to see what the world would be like if Hitler died at various points in time. Yes. And it was seven minutes, so closer to five probably uh, before credits or without credits. And it was great. And it was a nice like palate cleanser Mm -hmm. thing, especially if you were binging it. But it was also just kind of felt unique. It was still about technology, but it was a different spin. Um, Yeah. And like, yeah, you had enough space to have things like the weird Topher Grace freezer short where a whole civilization happens and you're like, well, this is bizarre and this is just kind of bizarre. Yeah. But with eight, it it's, there's much less of that. And like, for example, the second to last one was the um, Life Hutch with mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan. And um, except for the fact that it was at war, it really just reminded me of automated customer service, the first one. Yes. Yeah, very I'm similar. in a place, yeah. a thing is supposed to, a robot's supposed to help me, and it's not helping me, mm-hmm. and I have to figure out how to survive. And obviously that's like painting with broad strokes, but because there was only eight, and also I watched them very close together, which you don't have to, but like it's binge culture. That's what Netflix wants yeah. anyway. Um, I just felt like, oh, another one of these? Um, and that's kind of why I didn't like the collection as much. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think as well, with it being eight, there there is some difference kind of within the art styles, within the different animation styles. But with eight, a lot of them, a lot of them, several of them skirt that kind of uncanny valley as lifelike. And, and Life Hutch is, is one of those, uh, at times... There are parts that look like it's being filmed. Uh, it's it's, it's kind of crazy. It is absolutely nuts. As there was a, sh- a close-up shot of Michael B. Jordan with just this sort of sweat running down his face, and you could just see like the pores in his skin. It, it looks absolutely nuts. And part of Life Hutch and the 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 way that it adds to that is that it is the darkest episode of anything I've ever seen in, on in any medium <laughs> whatsoever. Um, makes sense for the setting that it's in sure but you, you get away a little bit more i think with that in those darker sort of scenes whereas snow um the bounty hunter one snow, yeah, in, the snow desert, in the desert again tried to do that but 
a lot more lighter shots, and you could kind of see that the the, the mouth syncing to the the voices and things didn't quite work as well. Um, and I I much prefer the other end, like the animation. So whether it's hand drawn or or, or or computer, but very stylized animation. I think one of the my favorite ones from Volume One was the last one, Zima Blue. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very Zima stylish. Blue, just very very stylish. And there's lots in that first season, which and it it, it kind of the first season hits so many different animation styles. Yeah. Whereas Volume Two is sort of like there's a little bit of this, there's a little bit of this. And then there's but it's some mostly of this. this, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing that I, I I wanted to bring up as well was like one of the things I really liked about both of them was just the really bre- the breadth of animation style and like just I was honestly I didn't realize like CGI has gotten to this stage in a lot of different ways. Like I actually think Snow has better facial photorealism. Like like mm. they had they did a lot more work on like. Some of the close-ups with like backlit, you could see like the hairs yes. in the pores yeah. and on the nose, which you take for granted that that it, you don't. You know, when we think about people, we don't think you have hair on your nose because you don't really see it. Completely, but you do, and it. This is like closing that unc- uncanny valley with detail, mm. um, and it didn't feel rubbery. Uh, and but, but you mean you 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 already brought it up. What I was going to say is like. It looks almost real until they're speaking, unless they're in the dark. Yes, um, and that's that's like commonly known as like one of the biggest like hoops. But that's why there's some shots. Like I really enjoyed how in snow in the desert, there's a lot of there's some centering shots which have maybe size, but not voice and that hmm. like reimmerses you and it's like once i've started paying attention i thought that short was really really well done also it's the longest one it has the i think the most world building yeah um and it yeah it, it was just like jaw dropping some of those shots where you're like oh right that's not a person um because they spent enough time on it but also knew how to stage it but again you're right like there's a lot of sun like light plays a big you know their safety and their comfort is in the light in that in that show or short uh and when there's danger it's at night like that's when the fights happen etc but that means you have these like more wholesome moments kind of with the light necessarily being on there thematically and that's when you see that vocal disconnect while i think like you said um the michael b jordan one life hutch i think the thing works really well is a lot of his he's not saying a lot of things he's making a lot of noises Mm. And so those noises are easier to sync up, so it looks and feels more like Michael B. Jordan. But if he'd be like, ah, fucking robot, it would look real strange, right? Yeah. And he, they just chose to let him, like, physically act. I, I mean, it's obviously still just being recorded, but you know what I mean? Like, like act with noise rather than voice. Yeah, it, it would be interesting to see how these have been done as well, because is, is life uh, hutch... Uh, Michael Jordan acting in a in a mocap, mocap suit is is that how this was captured? Because they must have done some very detailed capturing of his face to 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 get that into um, into the system to be able to render uh, and, and things. I, I remember in the first season there was one about a woman running away. So witness, I, witness, I wanted to talk about yes, that, one. that one. It's also yeah. my I think maybe my favorite artistically mm-hmm. and kind of 
thematically of that of series one. I think I just really liked it. Mm. Um, but there was controversy on it. Is that what you're going to bring up? No, um, not necessarily. I, 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 rolling more within this sort of this animation style and getting to a point in volume two where they're looking to do this very sort of true to life depiction of certain things, but obviously still being animation so they can make it crazy sci-fi and the, 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 the joy of it all being animated and it not being Michael B. Jordan acting in a set with then animation around him is that it all fits very well together. The witness has this very different kind of art style, which brings it much more kind of comic book you know someone will put their hand on a wall and go poof and you'll see sort of yeah. like animated uh, um, lines and it will say the word uh, as people kind of do things or they bang down some stairs and stuff but there are definitely scenes in that which look like people that yeah. it's been someone filmed following them around and then all of this stuff has been added yeah. afterwards but it's still at that point that it just you just can't quite tell yeah, and I and again, I don't know how any of these with the very kind of slightly more uh, um, true to life depictions have been filmed. So it's something I want to kind of delve into and see, like see the 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 the, the, the process behind this, basically. Yeah. So so what I I was like half convinced that the witness must have been like mocap or paint over or something. Mm. I think part of that is the style is is very much real looking people like real looking people and environments like the way the doors look in these apartments with their slightly shiny um but like um like locks and stuff mm -hmm. they're like shiny but a little dulled and it, the door looks pretty real but then they've got like a large stroke to like you know when doors have the like the little bits of stick out or yeah. are, are embedded right like to make them not plain looking like mine um those tend to have these like look 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 pen strokes mm, so mm. it very much seems like this real door that someone's drawn on top of yes but that's in, the entire thing there's no motion capture there's no paint over all of it was 3d animated mm. and two things that that stood out was the reason why they did standard keyframing because uh, i read an article by by this because a lot of people were like this must like you you're saying this is all cgi but like that's yeah that's not really cgi it's like it's all cgi and like with the exact with the running and stuff in the same way that cartoons to make a cartoon or like polygon actually has a really good video recently about animation in fighting games and mm -hmm. how you have to like stretch and warp to make the movements look kind of exaggerated yeah. and that comes from like cartoon animation it's the same type of thing about keyframing is in order to like there are there are literal moments where no human could be in that position, but through but it makes these movements and this like panic and this run look really dynamic. And their their idea was to make the bodies seem pretty pretty real, although everyone's too skiddy when you think about it, and all of them. <laughs> uh, but that's another bit. Um, but then the, and have sort of the so have the movements feel more grounded, but then have like their faces be painted and like be more vibrant and a little more over the top. Yep. And same with the environments, right? It's this, this dual grounded with pen strokes on top. Mm -hmm. But the reason why some of these scenes look so real is the fabrics. Yeah, yeah. So so, so it turns out that um, the animators, uh, so they animated everyone naked. Right. So rather than usually you just have a, a mesh that, has all the bits and you and you know you this bit made in mesh has different f physics and that's why the sleeve drapes right mm -hmm. entirely naked and they put the clothes on but they used a piece of software that fashion designers use 
to mock up things to get the right draping, etc. Oh wow! And so, and there's no current. They were saying when Volume One came out was like there wasn't a pipeline for this type of technology into animation. Mm. So they kind of like had to brute force and like do a lot of work to yeah. make like a really janky pipeline to get these but that's why like we when you see her put her red robe on when she's like running away and it's 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 like slinking and it's draping and it's flowing as she's running it's because it's using an entirely non-standard animation technique Amazing. which is based on how to design clothes and obviously draping and fabric and it's what it's made of is really important and so this piece of software they found and they figured out how to do and that's a large reason why it tricks you because it's just the fabric looks like the right type of fabric and mm. moves like the right type of fabric. It, it like reflects like the right type of fabric. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so which I thought was really really cool. Yeah, yeah, very um, much. And, and yeah, even if you aren't super into watching all of um, series one, I do think that that one um, and and Zima Blue for a different reason. I think aesthetically, if you want to see animation do some crazy stuff. That seems too real. Then the witness is a really great one. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then, like you said, I really enjoyed the the actual narrative arc of Zima Blue as yes. well as the more like Powerpuff Girls type of standard animation. Mm. Um, did you have any scenarios from Volume One before we loop back? Into um, the... I think it opened quite well with uh, three robots. I, I, as a as a picking all of the um, uh, running through all of the episodes, I think three robots kind of. Some stuff sort of happens. You get the tone of kind of what the series is going to be from that, and it's quite concise. It's very, it's it's, it's just very well, a little story, very well told. Uh, enough world building in there to keep you interested in what's going on, and enough kind of um, like mise en scene and and stuff for you to be like, oh yeah, this is this is a uh, you know, this is Earth, and they're taking a tour kind of around it or it's an earth city as such you know like a human city and they're taking a tour around it kind of thing and you, you pick up sort of various parts of uh kind of where they're walking for like oh yeah i get to see you know i understand sort of what they're doing i just thought it was a very well made little sort of short not the most interesting not the most interesting in terms of its animation but really good opener so i think if you haven't seen this that would be the first one to watch the first one three robots of volume one because it just yeah. showcases quite well what to expect. Uh, some of them, the episodes in Volume 1, go absolutely nuts. And, and kind of as mm -hmm. you would expect, um, some of them are completely... They're just kind of action uh, things with a little bit of sort of exposition in them. There's some which are kind of big big monsters. And stuff. There's one with soldiers who are werewolves as well, which, is, which was quite good. Um, but I think there's the... Let me have a look. Hang on, I've got Volume... To up volume one. Um, oh, that's it. When the yogurt took over. Oh, that's <laughs> such a good one. It's just really good. Um, I, and I think that's sort of the thing that I feel like is is missing from volume two is there's just n not really like except for all through the house which i fucking loved and i want to take mm, a moment to yes. talk about that in a yeah, bit yeah, yeah. but but like except for that one which is like one of the shortest mm -hmm. uh, they're all very much more in line there isn't as much bat shit thematically you know we've got the sort of lovecraftian the tall grass sort of thing but outside of that it's just a lot of sci-fi yeah um but yeah i mean the the yogurt one is is very silly but also 
it's not done just to be silly and so it works yes completely and uh, um automated uh, customer service has a feel about that as well definitely from, yeah. from volume two it, it, it it's interesting there was, there was something else i was kind of uh, oh uh, uh, pop squad in mm. um volume two as well having recently watched and we've had um altered carbon mm. on netflix a couple of seasons of that um um and having had read those books and knowing kind of the idea of um, society, what happens to it when people have found that uh, essence of being able to live a much longer lifetime, that, that mm-hmm. kind of Pop Squad um, kind of explores that. But you could sort of see various other influences sort of uh, coming into that episode. And I think Automated Customer Service definitely watched volume one the people who made it must have watched volume one and enjoyed uh, the the yoga episode and gone we really like that tone i i'd like to do something not similar but something which echoes that a little bit um so it's it, do you remember uh, what it was called oh yeah it was by blow studio sorry so um I'm yeah I, i'm also shocked that it wasn't by the same studio because it has like you said similar vibes mm. But, I mean, one thing I really enjoyed was the opening with automated customer service, which is basically a short of someone's vacuum goes crazy. And the, you know, automated help service is basically like, you're kind of boned. I guess you could try doing this, but mostly like, sorry, your vacuum owns your house now yep. and stuff. like, And it's it's very silly, but also the, the, the animation is so weird. Mm. Their heads are giant. It's mostly like an old people retirement home. And so they're like cartoon crenellated with these big heads and small limbs. And it starts with a weird masturbation joke of the neighbor polishing his gun, yes. but she just sees his hand moving back and forth while watching her yoga. Uh, and there's like a call and like the, the gun and the yoga, like are integral to later in the in the short like it's yep. just really well made but it's very silly mm. uh but you actually feel her fear and panic like mm-hmm. it's well paced and directed and and yet dumb like I, in that way I, I think to to give a bit of a difference between volume one and volume two or, or something that i actually think is improved upon in volume two is i think the stories feel a little bit more mature than they kind of did in volume one a lot of volume one is like Smash, bang, crash, finished. Mm. Whereas a lot of these, whilst some of them are much smaller, like like, like something like Pop Squad. Pop, I think Pop Squad's really good, and Snow in the Desert as well, in doing yeah. some big exposition kind of stuff. Like it, it gets you really invested in kind of the world that's happening. And some of that comes through dialogue, some of that comes through sort of the setting and, and, and what's happening. And you know, there's, there's a shot of uh, in Pop Squad, I think, where he's in the car... And um, the, the the detective, it's it's all about a detective yeah. who um, has to kill children, basically um, yeah. unregistered kind of children because of an agent. unauthorized offspring. Yes, yeah. Um, and he, something in him must sort of twist, and he's got he kind of like he holds the gun up to a couple of kids in the first episode, and you know that he's there to, to kill them. Uh, sorry, not in the first episode, in the first scene. Um, and obviously, he's having kind of this. Um, this dilemma in him, and and you can see that from like the way that 
they suggest kind of society is now just a bit more carefree. People can kind of do what they want and stuff through the, the, the conversations he has with his partner. When the partner gets in the car, uh, his, his like lover, not detective yeah. partner, um, when his like lover gets in the car after she's had her injection to keep her alive that little bit longer, she tries to get on him and she's like, it, all, you know, it always gets me going after this. And he is just like, nah. Yeah. And you, you feel that this is something that he would have jumped at the chance to do. And it's just that change in his motivations and how he sees the world and everything is, is depicted very very well within that short little scene in that in that car and i think a lot of these episodes have very short scenes which actually tell you quite a lot rather than it just being three or four minutes of just kind of carnage and we got to get a lot less of that within this season and a little bit more um focus on the on the storytelling i think mm. it's interesting because actually one of the things i wrote down was and i think this is again just just because there's eight versus 18 episodes but i was like oh, all of the basically all eight episodes are violence oriented mm-hmm. um you're right the storytelling is a little it's tighter and there's scenes that are going on mm. but like it's all something attacks something yeah someone yeah. right like and and that didn't feel the same like uh, even alternate histories has a bunch of vi- violence but like the point was we have a machine that can show you counterfactuals and it turns out what people really want to know is shit about hitler which makes sense and then it's like it's yes he dies in different ways because that's what the questions are but it doesn't feel like it's a violence oriented mm. thing and and i felt like that was a bit of a letdown in this because like you said the storytelling is tighter it's like well then you could just not have things attack yeah like you could play in that space a little more like i feel like it's love death and robots and i feel like death is in almost all of them yes but love isn't necessarily and robots aren't necessarily Mm -hmm. and that's like a i feel like a sad way to roll through versus i feel like what i liked really a lot about volume one was that there were some love only episodes or some death only episodes some robots only Mm. episodes but some that had a combination but this mix feels much more like death and probably technology, except for like one or two outliers. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah which is why, good. yeah, which is why I really liked Ice. Because mm. it was love. It was like familial brotherly love was the whole point of it, right? Yep. It was this very stylized animation, kind of similar to like looks hand-drawn, but was probably like hand-drawn CGI uh, as well, like in the way that most TV shows are now, because no one can afford to pay people to draw every cell. Um, but like, yeah, so like thick lines, things look 2D, but they have movement. Um, it, it it reminded me much more of, uh, of um, you know, there's always going to be kind of this animatrix um, callback. But Ice definitely felt more like that. You know, it wasn't, uh, again, it wasn't just sort of like, here's an art style, here's an art style, here's an art style, here's an art style, here's an art style. It was like, no, this is kind of, it's been placed very well behind this very kind of computer generated, but lifelike, but still very weird kind of, not quite kids animation of the first uh, automated um, cleaning, whatever it's called. Customer service. Automated customer service. Uh, Then Ice hits you like, Wow! Yeah, great, amazing. I, I love the animation sort of style in that, but it yeah. did felt it felt more anime than kind of any of the, yeah. the other ones. And absolutely, as soon as I was watching that, I'm like, this this feels like the Animatrix. This is 
where the first season was kind of said like, oh, it's, it's like the Animatrix. We're getting lots of little short stories, all in animated yeah. different styles. This actually felt like it. Um, and then you move into Pop Squad, which gets a bit more lifelike, but it still pulls away from that. And then Snow in the Desert, which is just like, nope, here is all of the yeah. powerful technology to try and do as much as we can. Um, but yeah, Ice, uh, Ice was really good. Uh, and as you say, um, very different in the kind of the love aspect of it. Um, automated cleaning service didn't have so much kind of of the love aspect of it, apart from maybe between the woman and her dog. Um, yeah. And possibly, you know, you could read into it about the lifestyle that they enjoy. They love everything kind of being done for them. I think part of that is reflected in that animation, big heads, smaller bodies. People, these people obviously don't have to do very much. They just kind of exist yeah. and everything is done for them. Um, I mean, and that's like the, the central, the, the inciting incident of, of, of automated customer service is so well chosen because it's, the lady comes, her house is spick and span, this thing is vacuuming, it's doing her thing. And then she's like, there's a picture of her and her dog and she's just like, I'm going to uncenter it. And then the vacuum goes with its like an arm comes out of nowhere and then moves it back yep. to center it. And then they have this tug of war thing, and that's when it decides that no, no, she's bad because she's not. She's like wrecking the place essentially, mm -hmm. and what she's doing is moving a photo of, of her own in her own house, right? Um, but it's such a smart inciting incident because it's that pull of like, well, when if if everything's done for you and you don't like it, tough kind of yeah, like that's yeah. the the vibe, right? And it's like, well, what do you do? Uh, and then, like, mild spoiler alert, like, the, the decision at the end of that is to say, fuck off, fuck it. Like, we're just going to go on the lamb rather than be governed by these robots mm -hmm. and, and governed in the sense of, like, stuck in their routines. Yes. Very Which nice. I really, really liked. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it, I think as well, like, trying to call back to your um, point about a lot of these felt uh, a bit more violent. You know, they were all centered around death and violence yeah. more than sort of the other uh, kind of elements. And Robots, I think, is the not the weakest, but the least done in this season. It's a lot more to do with kind of like humans and, and ice. Some of them are enhanced, but that they're not. Yeah. You don't know whether it's kind of um, uh, like genetic, whether it's implants or whether it's just natural enhancements for some kind of reason. Yeah. I don't think it delves into that. Um, it just says that for some reason that one kid, uh, Seb, was it? Oh, I don't know. Sedgwick? Said some S something. There was one One of the brothers doesn't have anything. Yeah. And we, all we know is that he doesn't have anything, and that's weird. Yes. And the other thing we know is that they are from Earth, and so this colony they're on basically shoot, shuns outsiders. And so mm -hmm. he's called Extro throughout. Yes. Is it like a yeah. slur by people? As in presumably like extraneous, external? Um. And so he has to deal with like not fitting in in two different ways. And his brother has figured out how to fit in mm. because of being able to do the things the other kids can do. Yep. Um, uh, but again, look, what I really liked uh, about that is the there's very Gattaca vibes to mm. their relationship. Reminded me of like the swimming. Or, do you remember Gattaca? Yeah. Yes. So, so like the the first main scene you see them is they're swimming and somehow and he always quits before because he's the genetically inferior. Like they, the mm -hmm. whole point of that world is they test people and they know this is the broken child. Uh, and then one day when they're they're older, they're adults. They swim and the um and the you know young 
bad child in the sense of genetically inferior child wins the swimming and has to end up takes his brother his brother can't swim anymore because he refused like they were both being stubborn and he swims him back and then later on in the movie it's like well how did you how did you do that and he said well i didn't save any energy on the way back and that's kind of the vibes you get which is it's more adrenaline based because yeah. they're like running away but his like brother is briefly hurt and can't run and he just like picks him up and finds the reserves despite not having powers and it's bad and they both get launched in the air like i like that he still couldn't make the pace they just yes. kind of locked out yep but the point is he was like nah i got you brother mm -hmm. and like and everyone saw that and like like he got accepted in the group because he did the run but also i'm sure they noticed that like he did this insane thing and he doesn't have powers and that's like the vibe you got was like and now he's He's in with these kids of his own age, and it uh, so it's different from Gattaca that way. But I felt like that central mm. brotherly competition showing up was just very Gattaca, yeah, and yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, and I, I mean, we're kind of running through each of the episodes as we uh, come mm. up with points, but the other two, which didn't quite have that violence, but also robots, but also not really love either but kind of and i really liked all through the house yeah but it kind of fits but it doesn't fit it doesn't fit the yeah. the title of love death robots uh, and the drowned giant as well is it it, it it is a bit in there um but again just feels a little bit um kind of removed from the sort of the central theme of this and i i, I like that i like that they're kind of it's not all necessarily having to be kind of all of this that they're finding a place to be able to sort of put these things in and i wouldn't be surprised if we get another eight episodes you know in six months time or something like that uh rather than waiting the amount of time between sort of season one and, and season two right that again explores a little bit more that, that that takes kind of love death and robots and and is able to kind of go well like the drowned giant is centered much more around death um and how that impacts or how that makes someone else kind of feel when it's the death of something very, very different. extraordinary. Yeah, ex yeah. exactly. Um, and all through the house kind of doesn't fit at all, but it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. So on those two, like, I think, yeah, they're, they're, they're bright lights because they aren't doing, mm. again, they're, they're not centering on death in the same, they're not centering on violence. And that's what it yeah. meant about you can do. So the drowned giant is, death without violence mm. i mean except for like the i mean just desecration of a giant's body yeah. and stuff but like it's not that's a different type of violence mm. right it's not shooty shooty punchy punchy um and I, that's what i liked about it um and like the christmas one what was it called all through the house, through the house um yeah. is amazing it's hilarious it's silly it has very um christmas uh, stop motion animation vibes like the the drool of the alien monster thing is like goopy and it fe it looks like it's they've put like literal like goop and then filmed it and moved it along like in stop motion it just it feels really like it's a testament to how good liquid physics can be to make them look that janky mm. if that makes sense yeah completely yeah um uh, and yeah i mean the premise is is great i called it as soon as i saw it and it didn't matter uh, it was just like, you know, oh God, like, oh, it's Santa. No, it's this weird alien thing. I'm like, that's Santa. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be, uh, uh, pull more into the theme. I did think it was going to be uh, some kind of robotic 
uh, Santa, ah. and that was going to be sort of the pull of it. So I was nicely surprised when the tongue flicks out from behind the tree to to slurp the milk and take the cookies type thing. But yeah, yeah. it was it was fantastic. As soon as it that the first panning shot sort of towards the house, and I'm like, oh, it's a Christmas one because I didn't know any of the titles. I just let it kind of play through, and I'm like, brilliant. Uh, I love it when you get like you have a, a show and then they're just like random Christmas episode. Christmas and it's just like, brilliant. Okay, so when this one kicked in, I'm like, that's good. That's a very good twist on kind of this anthology sort of take on stuff. Um, and then when it was that stop motion, like so many kind of modern kids kind of Christmassy style things, you know, you see uh, not even Christmas ones, but stuff that seems to come out at kind of Christmas, whether it's um, the like the Gruffalo or, or Zog. Uh, mm. I can't remember the author who writes those. But, I mean, obviously we read that a lot and watch those kinds yeah. of things a lot at the moment, but... Those ones are all animated in a very sort of similar kind of style. You have the more claymation kind of things, which we do get with... Which one was the claymation? I mean, like... Um, the Tall Grass had a little bit of that kind of vibe to it. But, but yeah, this one, it felt... It absolutely felt, and it set you straight away like, brilliant, it's a Christmas one. Yeah. It's very similar to kind of what we get actually at Christmas for various different kinds of episodes and things and that little twist which is like brilliant that's it's yeah. very very well and it's, it's maybe is that the shortest one it is it's yeah. seven minutes yeah. yeah but super concise and i'm i'm really happy that the other the the i'm glad that they kind of subverted as well that at the end when the alien is sniffing the kids that they didn't do what the expectation was he gets to the second kid and stuff. So yeah, and you're like, I, I, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that they pulled away from that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, and changed it. It was like, cool, it's done. Um, amazing. Yeah, and, and like, so that's like proof that they don't all need to be long because it's mm. very tight, but it's also very simple. Yes. Yeah. And it's not dealing with, I think really it's love, death, and technology, I think is clearly what the, mm. the series wants to be rather than robots. Yeah. Even there, we're like, it's not really love. It's not really death, except fear. Mm, yeah. It's good, so you can get it a pass. I'm okay I mean, with that. Is it? It's the the love of kids at Christmas wanting to see who Santa was. So they explore this unknown element. You know, a lot of the times when kids are kind of in the dark by themselves and they hear a bang, it they their brain normally turns it more to being something that they don't want to think. At Christmas, when you sort of have this expectation that oh, Santa is a thing. The kids are like, yay, we heard this bang downstairs. It must be Santa. Uh, the, yeah, so I think I really liked it. But I think also because it was, I mean, there was like a, th- a worry of violence. But like I said before, it just didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of violence. But I think that's why I, I think that actually made the rest of the mismatch and themes very more stark. Like, oh, yeah, like going to the Drowned Giant that you sort of mentioned before mm-hmm. um, as like, and like agreed, it's, it's sort of a different beast literally and figuratively yeah. um i wanted to like it i just didn't mm-hmm. um i saw the themes uh i th- and it's it's really silly but it's like they s- open with him saying he's a scientist and then he just waxes lyrical like an english professor yeah completely <laughs> and then and it's like this is where like i like the melancholic like meditations on death and like he's clearly seeing 
his own mortality in this amazing thing and and seeing how people don't care but like so much of it felt like it's too grounded in reality to like in this presentation for me to ignore things that don't make sense mm -hmm. um for example there's no way there wouldn't have been cops or people cordoning things I off. I mean, is this is this a, a, yeah that th that was part of what I thought. Like a lot of the time, we get a lot of um, little bits of exposition through kind of the stories being told. With this, it felt like it was a big sort of thing that no one had kind of ever seen before. But then it was like, yeah, no one's going to worry about it. We're, we're we're scientists, but we're not going to take samples. We just climb on top of it and walk around it and. and, and stuff i'm pretty sure they said they were scientists but they they sort of were dressed as generic academics and More then he's just like, yes yeah uh like generic yeah and then he's waxing lyrical but then there's like a line that stuck out with me which is like my colleagues um saw that i was interested in this thing so they you know basically i got the role of observer mm. mm -hmm. and then it's like three days later i went back and like what <laughs> yeah. and then and then his next thing is i didn't see it for another three weeks and you're like I thought you were responsible for observing this, and I've seen you do no science. And if you are like a bunch of hum humanists, you still you would still have to observe it. Like if if these are like if it wasn't scientists and it was like you know the sociology, anthropology, whatever, mm -hmm. there's still a reason for them to visit. Like I don't mind if those are the types of academics. Yep. So I'm pretty sure they said scientists. But then again, they. Didn't do anything about it and it, and it, and also like they all arrived and everyone's just staring at the thing until these three randos who don't say anything to anyone they just push to the front yeah. and then walk towards it and everyone's like wait we can walk towards it and it felt this like i think maybe it's because it's going again pretty photorealistic mm. it's feeling very grounded and then it's like if it i think if the art style was a little more whimsical you could forgive these like disconnects but it just it felt really weird to me and like i'm sorry i pay attention to the news i've seen footage of a beached whale people don't climb on top of it and make sandcastles yep um like again i see what they're like metaphorically trying to do is like they don't care it's a novelty so they climb on it and like i really liked the visual of the added footprints mm. as people stood on it but it was just like even if it wasn't humanoid, like people don't do that. Yeah. Like and 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 then so, so it just it didn't work in a lot of ways, and it was, and I could see the thing, and like I said, I really liked that it was kind of a meditation on death. Like it was taking the theme seriously in a way that none of like none of the other mm -hmm. what um, eighteen plus seven episodes of this entire series really do. It just didn't work for me. Yeah, and so I'm in this awkward position of being like, I want more things like this, except that one. I didn't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> you want more things that take a stance like that. And they very much check that box and take it very seriously rather than it just being, you know, death is a uh, kind of a fear. Death via, via violence, violence or, or yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, like death, death and robots together, it feels like is most of this series, right? It's just robots threatening your life in some way or your or technology affecting life mm -hmm. so we have the immortality and the, the trade-off of um the pop squad which i really liked because it was technology not robots really but it was this meditation on yeah you know, like you said you've seen this in other places but like okay how would a civilization survive if no one died well you'd have to not let people new people happen yep. 
like that, that and they'd say that in the throwaway line and i think the world building was really really well done mm. given how like given that's a short um but yeah it was still in the end like a shootout yeah yeah and it was like ah. i think it, it uh, like even if it was the threat of the gun and then she like they fight over the gun she like kicks him in the junk and grabs her baby gets on her scooter and she's like riding away and he's got his gun pointed at her and he chooses to miss or not fire that to me would have been like more poetic than him shooting his partner yeah very much or if it had just cut like if it just been him holding the gun at the end and it just cut yeah that would have been you know a lot of this and i I like a lot of the, the 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 shortness of this is that it leaves a lot to the imagination uh you know yeah. with ice you're like well these two brothers don't connect that or, or, or kind of they have this connection but they obviously don't hang out very much the younger brother who's enhanced his ass to you know by his mum to be like to look out for the older brother and stuff and there's a there's a little bit of an issue kind of between them and stuff and then from this event that kind of happens you get that love aspect between them, you know, uh, and very much on whether the the brother was faking it and all of that sort of stuff to, to, to help his brother actually to, to kind of overcome this and stuff is, is really good in sort of how it doesn't quite tell you, and, but plays on it a little bit. But then it allows you by, by stopping there and it not being kind of an extra five minutes and then exploring kind of any further, it allows you to kind of make that, in your mind. So everyone will take something slightly different kind of away from this. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the, the issue with pop squad with them killing each other at the end, it's a very definitive finish. And you're like, well, okay. Except now you're like, what does she now going to have? Like she has two dead pop yes. squads. On so her that's, doorstep. that's exactly like, what I thought. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, I mean, I don't know why you chose to do this, but that woman's fucked. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Unless she's got a shovel and she can get rid of you and hide your cars and stuff very, very swiftly, then yes, yeah. Yeah, you've, you've fucked it. Trying to protect her, but doing it very, very poorly. Which I liked, right? I liked that. So there was like, there is some give and take on that more definitive ending. Mm. But um, it, it, that was more like, oh, this hasn't solved the thing. And that's like nice to like have that not, not a bow, but mm. also it still felt like you didn't need to hit us over the head with he's sacrificing his way of life to save yours by literally sacrificing his life right the one thing i did want to point point out i don't know if you caught this um but do you remember the name of this so one thing in in pop squad i really like the idea of the antique store being a front for toys Mm. and ipswich collectibles and antiques oh in the drowned giant uh no in both Oh, was it? Oh, that same was cool. store. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, because I, 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 I wrote down because I just wrote down Ipswich, like black market, mm. black market, and then in my notes, and then drying down, drying. I'm like, wait, eh. it even got the same frontage and like font, but it's like clearly a couple centuries before, etc. Right? Because this is like modern times, presumably. Uh, yes, but also Pop Squad. Um, I, I, I mean. They're not all kind of American accents, but very much fronted by Nolan North voicing the character. Yeah. Lots of sort of uh, more what you would expect, you know. And even the cars had that more kind of fifties American kind of vibe and oh, from Art the Deco. Art Deco architecture and stuff yeah. of the buildings. Um, whereas, um, and, and actually, 
I mean, there's, there's, I'm sure there's somewhere in America, in the United States of America, called Ipswich, if not several yeah. places. Um, but in the Drowned Giant, there were a couple of moments with the way that people were dressed that that is set in in England, and and, and yeah. very much from the again from the architecture, from the, the from the landscape of the seaside, from the, the from the narrator, the way that he's talking, from the way that they're kind of dressed and stuff. There's a couple of people that pop down to the beach and start sort of jumping on top of the thing. I'm like, British people don't dress like that. That's an American seaside, not even seaside, that's an American coastal person that lives in California and like has much better weather <laughs> than we do, or at least the Ipswich does as well. Right. And it's it, it, it's interesting, though, that they've kept that, that there is that thread, uh, or at least the, the same name, uh, kind of running through. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how someone has how they've collaborated or whether it was kind of where that's come from really yeah so tim miller is the um series Mm -hmm. lead basically uh and he works for blur studio right that's his studio uh and i'm going to hit you with some facts which is in series one Mm -hmm. blur studio did one to three. Okay. Uh, how many do you think they did in volume two? Ooh. Ooh. Um, it's either going to be more or it's going to be none. I'm going to go with none. I'm wrong, but I'm going to go with none. It's three. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I think that says a lot with what we're talking about, about the th- thematics and everything being more samey because even if you're trying to do different things it's still the same studio yep. the same sort of artistic visions now um so uh, uh which do you think the three are uh, i mean if we're going along this thread and this is what the i i'd say the drowned giant i'd say pop squad and then i'd probably say the tall grass because it's a shorter one and they and it's a different sort of art style but similar enough to kind of pop squad on the drowned giant that they've just changed things a bit but maybe not i'll go for the tall grass no you're giving too much credit <laughs> it's life hush oh really yeah oh okay yeah so so i mean all three are very photorealism thing mm-hmm. right so when you look at those three plus even just adding snow in the desert half of them are this same very similar photorealistic Obviously, there's like it's more washed out in the Drowned Giant because it's England, yeah. but also like people seem to have outside the giant, they have sort of more less distinct features. You see, you see less close-ups with like strong pores and stuff compared to what you see Michael B. Jordan in in Life. Yeah, Hunch, definitely. Right. Um, but yeah, it while Pop Squad kind of feels the same as the Michael B. Jordan, just a lot more people, same facial detail. Yeah, it does. They they aren't quite as sort of, uh, and I don't know whether that's a, a commentary on sort of the society and people living longer, but they are not quite as sort of, you know, the the, the main character, the detective, very sort of long, like very tall, very slender, sort of yeah. feels a little bit more exaggerated um, uh, of a kind of a character. The same with his partner, sort of when she's, she's, she's singing. singing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's the thing is like the, the, the type of CGI is kind of clearly the same, but the way they're wrapping it is, is different, mm. which I appreciate. Right? They, it's not just like like reskin, et cetera. Like you said, the body shapes are different. Mm. Um, 
the detail, like, except for seeing his, like, age spots on his hand in Pop Squad, uh, when he's, like, thinking about what yeah. it is to live forever, they're a lot, they're, they're all super useful, exaggerated, like, he's got broad shoulders and thin, but not mm. over the top, he, he's, while Michael B. Jordan just looks like a soldier, it's hard to tell he's got armor yeah. on, right? And then the darn giant has roughly all the same builds. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Um, the tall grass is one we is like super Lovecraftian, um, and like you said, it's a really neat art style because it it feels hand drawn, and mm. part of that is like because the facial textures and stuff are like almost tessellated like there's bits and bobs of different colors and and so even when they they rotate it reflects slightly differently and it just feels like someone is drawn and like done shading mm. and like the first time you see it you're like is this stop motiony and you're like oh no this is something else mm -hmm. and he, but even the way he all walks through hallways it's all very static lights and stuff it's it's if it, it's clearly trying to evoke until you see the the, the weird things uh which are much more dynamic much more di like 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 they're they feel more skeletal. They feel like they could come from one of these other shorts. They don't have the same art style, and they they glow. Yes. And so I think that the like flatter people on the train in the tall grass, and then even the grass is kind of like it feels like the parting of it is is almost like is someone drawing it being parted rather than physical shapes being mm -hmm. moved. And then seeing these things which move quite quickly, which are detailed and glowing and you're like oh these things are otherworldly because what you've done is you've presented me this very flat sort of artistic hand-drawn styled world and then these things that just aren't there mm. like yeah, they, they shouldn't be there but they're not too out of place i think that's what i really liked about that one mm. um as a 10 minute short that doesn't do a I, lot except scary yeah I'd, I'd agree I, I i that it is a very good sort of art style and i think that's kind of all it does really um it's it kind of it does evoke a little bit of sort of like a, a horror element to it, but uh, I didn't feel anything really from it. Um, a couple times in, in when he's fighting with the things, I was like, oh, maybe he'll get torn apart. Oh, he didn't. Yeah. And like, I didn't care that, whether or not he survived. Yeah, I was just like, Absolutely. I am watching this thing and I will accept what happens to this character either way. It could, it could end in total violence or salvation. And... One, that's an interesting thing to, to, like, write a story that keeps you guessing, which is good. But also, when I don't care, less good. <laughs> yes, very much. Very. And I, I think they missed the trick with not making the train conductor uh, look a little bit more like Sam Neill and just saying, stay out of the long grass or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so what was your favorite out of curiosity? Um, I think... I. For different reasons, I, I I think three sit up a little bit for me. And it's Ice, uh, Pop Squad, and All Through the House. Um, all Through the House as as just a very removed but very good short short. Uh, something very mm. concise. It has this lovely little sort of through line and thread, and and is is done very well and animated very well. Um, Ice, I love the animation. I liked the relationship between the characters, um, and the. They're kids and they just go out and do this fucking stupid thing as kids do. Very relatable. Yeah. I, I, really, really good. And and some of those scenes where a lot of it is very kind of washed out blues and, and greys and stuff. And then suddenly those like flares kick in and stuff. And it's just a massive contrast of that colour 
across this very ice sort of landscape. So I really like the animation with that. And I think Pop Squad for me, I liked the story. I liked the exposition and the world building within that and how much they could convey in a very short space of time. So I think those three are my favourites from this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm basically on board with All Through the House is kind of just its own thing. If I saw it just as a short on YouTube, I'd be like sharing it. Yeah, like, absolutely. Sending yeah. it to people, right? Like it it doesn't really fit the theme, but it doesn't need to. It's just solid mm. um, and it's short and it's cute. Fucking great punchy final line. Um, I think Ice is also why, like of the on theme one, I mean, we've talked at length mm-hmm. on why, uh, basically the same reasons you. I thought... So watching it, I really enjoyed Snow in the Desert. Hmm. Um, part of it was just, it was beautiful. The world building in the first couple of minutes was astonishingly yes. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I realized that when I was thinking about it afterwards, I'm like, I kind of just petered out. Like, I see what they're trying to do with the two protagonists and their link, but it felt kind of unearned. I don't know if that's fair. I just... I, I like the idea of how it ended, given these things, but it brought up more questions. Like, oh, if if she's been ar- she's been ar- alive as a synthetic cyborg, essentially that was saved, uh, and you get the idea maybe she wasn't in this body, maybe it's been fixed or added to. You can you can kind of infer that, but then you're like, surely there'd be others. Mm-hmm. If she's been around for hundreds of years, there's others around here. He, he he wouldn't be shocked. He was shocked that she existed as a concept, right? He's like, oh, you're in synthetic. And she's like, no, I'm all these things. And it felt like a revelation. And again, that's like weird writing. And then and it felt like it was just like, if she was a robot and she's like, well, I'm not going to die. We just need to repair me. I would have liked it more because I wouldn't have had questions. Mm, and, I, and I think it, it tries to sort of tell this story of loneliness as well. I think that's kind of the central theme behind Snow in the Dark. It's a story about kind of loneliness um, and how uh, this guy has isolated himself. One, because he can regenerate and and needs to kind of stay away and wants to stay away, otherwise people are going to come for him. But also because he lived with his wife, he outlived his wife, she aged, he didn't. And I think it's about loneliness. And I don't think, again... The, the the characters coupling up, it wasn't earned. That it's, it's yes, it is one of the longer episodes, but I don't think it was long enough to explore that theme, and it kind of very quickly got away from that to then go into a more action heavy finish. And I think it it, well, it didn't quite have that kind of payoff to it. Yeah. So when they hooked up, I was I was like, yeah, that makes sense because he's alone mm-hmm. and like we. I mean lockdown has taught me a lot about missing <laughs> yeah. physical contact etc right so i bought that immediately i don't know what her story is but if she wants to like hook up with him like all the power to them it's it's after the fight uh which i, I understand all the bits i like that but then it, her just being like oh yes i have also been alive a long time mm. and then they're having this like loving thing i feel like if it felt less final like yeah. it really felt like and then they lived happily ever after but if it, it was like a yeah something more ambiguous or like you said a little more time showing that there was more to them than people who spent a couple days going through the desert mm-hmm. yeah so i liked it a lot i just felt let down by the ending which is kind of how i felt in general about love death and robots series two. So i liked some parts of mm-hmm. it 
but it just felt sort of underdeveloped in some parts or just leading too heavily on very standard themes. Um, why, why I brought the, the one studio doing three of the eight versus three of the 18, I think highlights that like when you have one studio doing all of them, even though they were very different things, right? There's still like a vibe that, that makes it more samey. And one of the things I really liked about volume one was that it felt like a kind of crazy collection mm. anthology of drawing from all kinds of places. Yes, very much. And this felt very much like a, well, there's this well, and we're gonna keep drawing from it. Uh, and every so often we're gonna buy a bottle of water. So don't worry, not all the water is gonna be from this well, but like most of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, it didn't, if I hadn't seen series one, I think I would have been way more like up on series two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because like my, my complaints are like, oh, but I know you could have done better. Yeah, rather like, than rolling through all of difference. it. Yeah, I've got that that period of time after season one uh, where I was excited to come back into season two. Um, and, you know, you kind of, you're like, yeah, okay, cool. I see what they're doing. Done. Fine. I, I'll take that. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take that. Sure. And, and you kind of, you accept yeah. a little bit more. Whereas with you having them watch this uh what was that until 18 and 8 is it 18 and 8 yeah um so yeah you very much watch it all in one go and go no i can see the um the problems that that kind of come up yeah from this um cool i mean then also like last point is just like this is one of my problems with with getting all the episodes together one of the things that i really liked about when we watched one division was we i'm sure if i binged one one division i would have noticed some sort of things that were like niggling in the back of my head in one episode and oh it's still there in the next episode but because i'm watching them week by week you just don't notice like there is something to be said about taking a break mm -hmm. very much uh, yeah. and i think yeah so i almost would have rather just like a slow dole out of um of these shorts yeah, maybe got three episodes a week or something like that just to just to see you over and they go well it's you know that's 30 minutes to 40 minutes of time for you to sort of watch something and then we'll then we'll hit you again with sort of another another three, yeah. Uh, and I I do think that we'll probably see a season three sooner rather than rather than later with maybe you know maybe another eight maybe six episodes or something, just something slightly uh, different to kind of keep us going. So I think this is successful enough in what it's trying to do to um, to warrant more. Of yeah. This. So yeah. Um, just before we finish, thank you, uh, shiny foreskin. For the follow, I like the name. There's no <laughs> e, so I'm 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 thinking it's more wholesome. Shiny for yes, skin. Shiny for skin. Yes. Yes. Thanks for the follow. Uh, speaking of which, if you enjoyed this show, uh, like, follow, subscribe on your platform of choice. If you are listening to us as a podcast, which we are, um, please also rate review on said podcasting platform uh, and share it. That's how we get a bigger audience. That's how we can make more apps and have more conversation. Hmm. Speaking of conversation. Um, you can contact us at Out of Lives Net on Twitter or email us at podcast at outoflives.net if you have thoughts and feelings on how we are totally wrong about the drowned giant. <laughs> um, you can also reach Ben directly at Nova underscore 47 and myself at The Omniarch and uh, also take a look at outoflives.net where we have articles, videos, podcasts, all about pop culture, geeky, nerdy, gamey stuff. Uh, I think that's everything. Yep. So for another week, I've been Adele. I've been Ben. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Take it easy. www.outoflives.net